a well-regulated militia be necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. Uh, homebound today. Basically, I'm afraid to leave the house. Not not afraid, necessarily. Uh, I just know as soon as I do, as soon as I were to start heading down to the Farmville studio, verdict would come in and the uh, Rittenhouse trial, I'd be behind the curve. So I'm just waiting here. I'm just going to stay here at my desk all day long. I'm going to write my stories. Uh, I'm going to be doing my VIP Gold live chat with Mr. Ed Morrissey at the 1.30 Eastern time. You can catch that, uh, by the way, on demand. Uh, as a replay, if you are a VIP Gold subscriber. Uh, and on today's show, we're going to be talking about the most worthless gun control study of 2021. Yeah, and I, I down, I think this is the most uh, worthless, uh, maybe not, I, I think they're promoting gun control, but let's call it a gun violence study. Here's the headline. Gun violence soared during the COVID-19 pandemic, a new study's finds, but the reasons why are complex. Yeah. In fact, so complex that the authors of this study have no idea why violent crime went up. But they went into this with the hypothesis that, well, it must have been the guns, right? Must have been the guns. Because after all, we saw uh, increased gun sales. So the study's authors, uh, Patty Santongo from Penn State, Jennifer McCall Hosenfeld of uh, Penn State, they write at, uh, I believe it's nature.com uh, about this uh, a new study of theirs. They say, uh, we found that overall U.S. gun violence rate rose by 30% during the first year of the COVID-19 pandemic compared to the year before. In 28 states, the rates were substantially higher between March 1st, 2020 and March 31st of 2021 compared to the pre-pandemic period from February 1st, 2019 to February 29th, 2020. 51,063 incidents of gun violent events resulted in injury or death in the United States in the first 13 months of the pandemic compared to 38,919 incidents in the same time span pre-pandemic. Okay, so what could account for this? By the way, we've known that violent crime increased. I mean, the FBI Uniform Crime Report came out before the study came out and showed, yes, violent crime increased. In fact, homicide rate, biggest one-year increase in recorded U.S. history, going back to at least 1960. But what happened? Why did this uh, violence increase? Well, that's where it gets kind of sketchy, because the researchers clearly believe that uh, gun purchases have something to do with it. They say early in the pandemic, gun sales in the U.S. surged with more than 20% of these purchases by first-time buyers. And access to firearms, they say, is a well-established risk factor for gun-related suicide and homicide. This sharp increase, they write, in firearm purchases raises serious concerns as the combination of increased stress, social disruption, and isolation during the pandemic created a perfect storm of conditions that could contribute to increased gun violence. So again, it, it must be more guns around, right? Well, interestingly enough, suicide rates actually declined in 2020. We're going to be talking about that uh, later in the week. Uh, here on Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. So there's no evidence that actually suicides increased, even though gun purchases increased. There's no evidence that gun-related suicides increased. And the researchers at Penn State went on to say that, uh, you know, the pandemic's been associated with psychological distress because of increased isolation, increased risk of domestic violence, disruption of social networks. But we needed to get more research to get a clear picture on how all of these variables may have contributed to overall gun violence. So what they found is that gun violence rates increased substantially in 28 states, just 28 states, 
just a little more than half of all states scattered throughout the United States without any clear pattern. Now, they know that the increase in gun violence was highest in Minnesota with a 120% increase. Hmm. What happened in Minnesota in 2020 that might have led that to be uh, the state with the highest increase in violent crime? Death of George Floyd? And the riots that followed? The burning? The looting of the Twin Cities? The pullback uh, by police, the attempt to defund the police department on the part of Minneapolis politicians, the attempt to hey, they put a voter referendum out uh, there on the ballot this November. Do you want to disband the uh, police department and replace it with a more holistic public safety department? The matter failed, by the way. But I, I, I think that that might have had something to do with it. The riots and the uh, unrest may have had something to do with it. But they broke it down a little bit further. They say states with a significantly higher risk of gun violence during the pandemic compared to the same period pre-pandemic included Arizona, California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, District of Columbia, Georgia, Idaho, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, Montana, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, North Carolina, Ohio, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, and Wisconsin. Now, I would note, by the way, that there are... Uh, during the period in time that we're talking about, right, so March of 2020 to March of 2021, there are actually more states on that list that are may issue when it comes to concealed carry than there are constitutional carry states. Let me put it up again here. Oh, that's the wrong graphic. So Arizona is a constitutional carry state, right? California is a may issue state. Uh, Connecticut, mm, I, I think it's a may issue state. Your mileage may vary. Um Let's see, Georgia, not a constitutional carry state. Iowa, or excuse me, Idaho is a constitutional carry state. Uh, Iowa became a constitutional carry state, but was not one at the time. Kentucky's a constitutional carry state. Then you've got New Jersey. That's your second May issue. You've got New York, which is your third May issue. Uh, North Carolina, Ohio, Oregon, Pennsylvania. Tennessee became a constitutional carry state this year, but wasn't one last year. Texas and Utah also both becoming constitutional carry states. Uh, and then Alaska, which is a constitutional carry state, the only state that showed a lower risk of gun violence. So if we're talking about, you know, guns and gun laws and things of that nature, uh, again, constitutional carry states actually fared a little bit better uh, than those May issue states. But the researchers also provided us with a handy-dandy map, sort of a heat map of where gun violence increased in 2020. Take a look. Yeah. So it's actually not like the entire state of Minnesota, right? It really is centered on the Twin Cities. Colorado, most of the state actually saw a decrease in uh, quote-unquote gun violence, except for the Denver area. Uh, most of Oregon saw a decrease in gun violence, except for Portland. And where are those hotspots? The most significant hotspots on the map, Minneapolis, St. Paul, by far, right? Then you've got upstate New York, Rochester, New York, where we also saw uh, police protests and rioting in 2020. Colorado, where we saw police protests and rioting in 2020. Portland, Oregon, where we saw unrest and rioting in 2020. Uh, and then you got the Mountain West, right? So large swath of Montana, good chunk of Wyoming, most of Utah, uh, and, and then a little bit there into uh, Arizona, an increase in gun violence. 
I think what we're seeing there, quite frankly, is the fact that violent crime in these states is generally so incredibly low that even a couple of more incidents can sort of skew the statistics, right? So let's say you've got two more shootings in Wyoming between 2020 and 2021. I mean, we had more, but let's say you had 20 more shootings in Wyoming between uh, uh, 2020, I guess in 2019 and 2020. Well, that's going to be a much higher increase in shootings compared to if the state of Oregon had 20 more shootings during that same time period, right? Now, state of Oregon had far more than 20 more shootings in between 2019 and 2020. But again, I think that's why you're seeing the increase, the slight increase there uh, in uh, uh, the Mountain West states. But you look at states like Florida, right, where there are more than 2 million concealed carry holders. The, the risk of gun violence went down. Uh, you look at West Virginia, constitutional carry state. Risk of gun violence went down uh, throughout much of Pennsylvania. Not a constitutional carry state, but a very uh, a, a pro-gun state. The legislature just passed constitutional carry. Most of the state, the risk of gun violence went down, except for the Philadelphia area. And by the way, most of the state of New Jersey, right? Most of the state of New Jersey, state of Texas, uh, risk of gun violence actually decreased dramatically in the Dallas-Fort Worth metroplex, increased in Houston, increased a little bit in the uh, Texarkana area. But, you know, some of the places that we think of as the gun-friendliest, where the rates of gun ownership are the highest, states like Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, South Carolina, Tennessee, the risk of gun violence went down. Constitutional carry states like Oklahoma and Kansas and Missouri, the risk of gun violence went down. Now, again, if this were all about more guns, that wouldn't have happened because we saw a lot of new gun purchases in those states at that time. So what do these researchers ultimately uh, uh, blame for the increase of violent crime? They don't really know. They really don't know. They say the current increase in gun violence seen across the United States may be attributed to one, increased psychological stress resulting from COVID-19, or two, the increase in firearm sales. That's it. Those are the only two options they give you. People are either more stressed, or it's more guns, or maybe it's a combination of the two. Again, look at the map of where gun violence increased between 2019 and 2020. What are they leaving out of the equation here? In fact, the researchers even obliquely not acknowledge this. Uh, they say that, uh, quote, uh, our data did not directly address this, but there were also protests against racial injustice during this same period. Although the protests were largely peaceful, there were reports in the media about gun incidents among protesters and counter-protesters. This is absurd. This is absurd because it wasn't just the riots themselves that led to the increase in violent crime. It's the aftermath of those riots, the aftermath of the looting. Again, look at the map. Where's the biggest hotspot? Ground zero for civil unrest in the United States in 2020, the Twin Cities. And yet these researchers, well, we didn't really look at it. But, uh, you know, there were some, I mean, reports there. This is absurd. 
This is what happens. By the way, we're supposed to follow the science here, right? Well, what happens when the scientists are unwilling to consider the facts as they are? Well, you get reports like this. Eggheads scratching their head. I can't figure out how why on earth this violence increased last year, but I, I'm guessing that has something to do with more guns. Garbage in, garbage out. And that's exactly what this new Penn State study is all about. All right, listen, uh, before we go, I know it's a little weird. You know, I don't have the don't have the full setup, uh, and I do need to actually start paying attention to the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse trial. So today's show is going to be a little bit shorter than it normally is, but I'm not going to leave you without an armed citizen story. That would just be wrong. So here you go. Jefferson County, Alabama, one of those states with a lot of gun owners where the risk of gun violence actually decreased between 2019 and 2020. We don't have a lot of information uh, about this uh, uh, story, uh, but what we do know is that deputies responded to a shooting on Tuesday in the Center Point area of Jefferson County, Alabama. There was a 64-year-old homeowner who reported that uh, he arrived home, he heard noises coming from downstairs, and when he uh, uh, went to go check them out, he discovered a burglar in his home. Deputies say the burglar was armed with a handgun, fired a shot at the homeowner, uh, but the homeowner, uh, then, oh, you know what? This isn't an armed citizen story. I don't know what the heck I was thinking. This is what happens when you've got an unarmed citizen. Yeah, I, sorry, I, I missed the boat on that. I, I thought that that was a report about an armed citizen who shot a burglar, but no, this is what happens when you don't have a gun and the burglar does because the burglar shot the homeowner who thankfully is expected to survive. Uh, but the uh, burglar took off, so we don't know where that would-be intruder might be. But there you go. That's a, that's an unarmed citizen story, I suppose. So let's give you an armed citizen story. I don't have the headline for you, unfortunately, but uh, and I also don't have a whole lot of information about this because it just happened overnight. Well, take that back. It happened uh, early Monday morning, but we haven't had too many updates to this. Lawrence County, Ohio. Uh, there in uh, eastern Ohio. Lawrence County Sheriff's Office uh, investigating a shooting that happened about 2.35 Monday morning. Uh, the occupant of this home, a 31-year-old named Natasha Clark, told deputies that she shot her estranged boyfriend as he was trying to break through her front door. The uh, man suffered one wound to the chest from a small caliber handgun. He was transported to a hospital in Huntington, West Virginia. At last report, uh, is stable. So it sounds like he's going to recover from his injuries. Uh, incident still under investigation right now. It looks like a case of self-defense, but we'll bring any updates uh, on any arrests uh, as that information becomes available. All right, we're going to scoot out of here, but uh, I would encourage you to check out BarryAndArms.com throughout the day for even more of the latest Second Amendment news and information. We are going to be covering the uh, Rittenhouse verdict if it comes down on Wednesday. We'll also, again, be talking with Mr. Ed Morrissey for our VIP Gold live chat at 1.30 Eastern time. So be sure to tune in for that, and we'll see you back here tomorrow with even more Barry and Arms Cam and Company. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free. 